Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just, I already just feel your heartbeat for everyone here this morning. Your gaze is upon us. Oh, I just, we just want to be possessed by you. We just, we just want to be captured by you, God. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Jesus, you were the moment. You were the moment, and you were here with us. I just pray grace for every word I speak. I just pray that you would just speak to our hearts, God, and that it would just be what we need to hear this morning. I just ask you bless this word. Expose any darkness and shine your light on areas of our hearts that we need to walk in the truth. I speak to the atmosphere in this room and declare that this east gate that we have the privilege to partner with and occupying, and I declare that you continue to have total control and authority. In Jesus' name, I just honor the angelic in the room. Oh, I just thank you for breakthrough. We just expect the miraculous this morning to place. Yes, I just honor the cloud of witnesses that are here with us. <laughs> There's something really powerful about the synergy of their prayers and our prayers coming together and fusing as one God. And we just thank you for the fruition of those prayers. Thank you for the revelation, light, and freedom that you have for your bride this morning. Thank you for every person in this room. You're such a full circle father. You care about this generation, the ones before us, and the precious ones being raised up right now. You care about what's happening in our country, but you care deeply about every single heart, mind, and soul God has your attention right now. And so I speak healing, just as Melanie said, God, just, just that there would be healing where there needs to be be a touch from heaven, God. Mm, just touch our bodies and our minds and our spirits, God. Mm. We just, we just want to receive all that you have for us in this moment for the next season. And we just speak on earth as it is in heaven. And all of God's people said, Amen. Well, Melanie shared last Sunday about the church partnering with the economy of heaven and how to partner with, in, with heaven and stewarding the resources on this earth. And as all of Mel's message are, just incredibly epic. So I encourage you to listen if you weren't there. And if you were here, listen to it again. She made a statement that really deeply resonated that every Sunday feels so urgent, yet very restful. And every Sunday is holy ground. And she said that before things really get right in this world, they have to get right in the church. And before they get right in the church, they have to get right in our homes. And I couldn't agree more. And so this morning, I want to talk about holiness, and I want to talk about obedience. And what it looks like to be truly set apart for his glory. We are living in such a significant moment in history right now as believers, and there are things in our personal lives that I believe God wants to expose and bring to light and love, and he wants to be healed. And there are possibly things in our lives that if we keep letting them be our normal, that we won't be able to step into the fullness of the next season that he has for us. 
God is saying, I want you to believe who I say that I am, and I want you to believe who I say that you are. Fully confident and fully convinced in what I've called you to do. I believe he's calling us to greater levels of purity so that his power can be released on this earth. There are territories in front of us that we are to occupy with whole hearts and whole devotion. And these territories cannot be occupied with compromise and division and hearts conflicted, but hearts fully devoted to him, uncompromising in nature, obedient in every area because he's worth it. And these territories we will overcome, but we will overcome them and take them looking like Joshua and David and Caleb, who operated out of a different spirit that is not of this world. And we will overcome them knowing we are holy because he is holy. And be those that are called to a higher standard, leading others to come higher. Because this is absolutely necessary if we are to have lasting influence and lasting impact in making disciples. Amen. So if you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians 7, 14 through 17. I'm reading through the Passion Translation, or you can just listen. This chapter is called The Temple of the Living God. Don't continue to team up with unbelievers in mismatched alliances. For what partnership is there between righteousness, everyone say righteousness, and rebellion, say rebellion. Who could mingle light with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What friendship does God's temple have with demons? For indeed, we are the temple of the living God. Just as God had said, I will make my home in them and walk with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. For this reason, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch nothing that is unclean and I will embrace you. I will be a true father to you, and you will be my beloved sons and daughters, says the Lord Yahweh Almighty. As God's bride as his beloved ones, we are to look much different than the world around us. And holiness is something God is highlighting to the church right now and is due a response. He is worthy of every part of our lives being worshipped unto him. He is worthy of our obedience, and we have the responsibility as sons and daughters of God to be faithful to him in all things. So 2020 was a really beautiful year. Um, It was speaking live over that last year. And it was also a very hard year, as we all know. Uh, I remember if you were were here at Arise and if you're part of a prophetic culture, uh, before the pandemic hit, there was a lot of prophetic words coming out about it being a year of perfect vision and foresight, and we were all excited <laughs> about these prophetic words and what they would mean. But then the pandemic hit, and we saw agendas, and people be exposed, and things felt really difficult and looked really different than we thought. And I'm really grateful, and I'm really proud of this family and for our church culture because we came together There was so much unification as much as there was sifting. There was a lot of hard uh, confrontational conversations we had to have with others. I had to really let die any amount of people pleasing that still existed in my heart (laughs) because of the pushback from people 
that we received because we took this really bold stance for righteousness in our nation. And I would do it all over again because it was so significant and people are worth it. Y'all are worth it. And it was such a time of reset for our church family in a lot of ways. However, watching and seeing the world around us on the news or on social media, it felt like an emotional roller coaster. And I think what for me brought the most heartbreak was seeing and hearing all the pastors and church leaders and how they were handling certain things or really simply not handling certain things and not speaking bold truth. It was actually very painful for us to watch. Uh, One in particular that really was heartbreaking was a moral failure of a pastor I'd personally really looked up to. And just to see the media, because he had this celebrity-like status, they just blasted his moral failure all over the Internet. And I was just thinking about his family and his church and his staff and just what, you know, how that had impacted them. And I was reading an article about this, and one of the comments that was made from someone that was included in this pastor's action was that this virus and all the pressure had gotten too hard, and this was an escape for him from it. But what was really happening was that there were areas of this man's heart where he had chosen to compromise, where he had chosen to be disobedient long before this big action actually took place. There were little compromises. There were little acts of disobedience. He had exchanged his identity as holy for a lie, and he had been exposed. Mark 4.22 says, For there is nothing that is hidden that won't be disclosed, and there is no secret that won't be brought out into the light. You see, the things that are not exposed cannot be healed. And the things that cannot be discerned cannot be overcome. And I believe as a church and as a body of Christ that God wants to give us greater levels of discernment. Where if we may be partnering with something we shouldn't be partnering with, he will bring us back into alignment with his heart. And I also believe that we should be so quickly and so humbly being willing to repent. He withholds no good things from his children. And sometimes the good things mean being corrected in a moment of a thought that doesn't need to be there. We have to be proactive with our thoughts. He says to cast down all imaginations that opposes God, insists that it bows in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. 2 Corinthians 10.7 Because compromise and disobedience begin in a small thought, not just in a large act. And Holy Spirit comes alongside us and helps teach us how to be holy and for every act and every area of our lives to be an area of worship unto Him. And there are moments last year where Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Nedra, there are things I want to expose in your heart. I love you. I want you to be healed in this area. There are things in your heart I want healed before we can move forward to the next season. There are things I want you to be free of. Thoughts of anger and bitterness and honestly hate for some of the things I was seeing and watching take place that were not healthy. Just being transparent, I had to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse me and repent. 
So even when things are difficult, there's so much grace. There's grace to come to him. He loves our transparency. He loves our honesty. He wants us to be real with our hurt. But this grace empowers us to be holy and live holy lives. Wes talks about this a lot, that grace doesn't empower us to act however we want. Grace empowers us to be more like Jesus. Shut the door to a destructive thought process. Don't allow the enemy to gain a foothold, even when things are difficult. God is worthy of our whole hearts, and he is giving you, he is giving us as the bride of Christ, fresh authority to take the places that have tried to be a struggle and a place of compromise, and he's exchanging them for victory. He's giving us victory in those places if we will allow him to come in and have those places and set us free. God is looking for those who will not only worship him and obey him and yield to him in the harder moments, just as he, uh, just as we, he wants us to in the amazing ones. He wants us to know, will you worship me with your whole life, even when your flesh feels like quitting? Last year, there may have been a lot of times when your flesh may have felt like quitting. But he is doing a new thing in this season. We have an opportunity right now to worship to him and minister to his heart with our lives that we will never have again. And I'm not just talking about here on Sunday mornings, but when you leave this place, when you go home, how you treat people, how you treat your spouse, how you spend your time, how you spend your money, what you think about, what you watch, what you don't watch. These every day in the easy and in the hard decisions, your act of obedience can move the heart of God. When you know who you are as a son or daughter of God and when you know who he is, his nature is not confusing anymore. We know his will is to heal sickness and disease and his will for all to be healed. He came to destroy the works of darkness. And we know that we have been given the authority to do every miracle that Jesus did and even more. And we had this wave of identity that we recently have all been really blessed with where we know who we are as sons or daughters of God. And this has been passed on from the generation to the next. But what we get to walk into and partner with making easily, easily available for the next has everything to do with our holiness and walking in, in holiness. Our wholeness and walking in holiness. And what we step into and what we take responsibility for, our convictions to not compromise in the things that matter to God, will bring freedom and solid ground to the next generation. And they will get to walk in the fruit of it. They will get to walk in the fruit of our yes, our pure worship, our worship in spirit and in truth, in word and action, and the fruit of identity in our holiness, in our decisions made, in the good and in the heart that glorified his name, they will walk in the fruit of our holiness and our obedience. To be holy is to be absolutely devoted to God in all that we do. Holiness surrounds God's throne, and we are seated there in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.6. The Hebraic concept of holiness is set apart. That is, we are a people set apart for God, even as God is set apart from all God's. And to be holy and to live in obedience is a natural response when we know how loved we are and we know our identity in him. Because holiness is really a heart issue. If we aren't being obedient in an area of our life, it's ultimately because we haven't given and surrendered to him our whole heart. To submit, to yield, to surrender, these are natural responses when we are in love. I think as Christians, it's easy to forget, or maybe simply we just haven't been taught that submission 
and yielding and surrender, these all originated within the Trinity before the beginning of time. God the Father and Jesus and Holy Spirit, who are love and who are God, they all had this beautiful relationship in the beginning, and they still have this beautiful covenant relationship now that is surrounding you and that we get to take part of. When you read the scripture, take note of how they talk about one another, full of honor, identity, and mutual respect and love. These are just a few examples. God says about Jesus, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Jesus says about the father, the son can do nothing on his own accord, but only does what he sees the father doing. Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, it is actually better that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with you. There is constant identity spoken about the other. There is constant praise about the other and declaration. And then there is also yielding and submission and surrender. And when I say the word submission, you know, you automatically tend to go to this negative place in our culture. You know, this, it, you kind of line it up being this weak word, this action that the weaker person must take. But when there is submission and love, the way that God designed, there is not one person that is more powerful than the other. And there is no fear of being belittled or being taken advantage of because in perfect love, there is no fear. So when there is submission the way that God created within the Trinity, there's actually empowerment. And so when I choose to submit and when I choose to yield myself, when I choose to listen to God, obedience is a natural response. And being empowered is a natural outcome because I have chosen to trust in the goodness of God that he has for me. I have chosen now to partake and to partner with the goodness of God. It's not something I'm resisting. And rebellion happens when we resist the goodness and resist his words. And I pray we would allow his words to penetrate our hearts and we wouldn't resist the fire and the love of God. And when resist the gentle nudges and conviction of Holy Spirit, because we are no longer rebels, we are called his lovers. Song of Songs, it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Song of Songs 2, 14 through 15 says, Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. This is Jesus talking to his bride. How beautiful your eye of worship and lovely your voice in prayer. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. So I love how Jesus, he's in this verse, he's just lavishing his love upon us and talking about our worship and the intimacy is very seen and felt. And then he just goes straight to a heart issue where he's talking about these foxes that represent the compromises in our heart that we haven't allowed the victory of Christ to shine into. And these foxes keep the fruit of the Holy Spirit from growing within us. He says, let's go after these foxes. Let's expose them together what needs to be exposed because I care about our intimacy. I care about our relationship. I want you to trust me. First John 15, I am a true sprouting vine and the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. The Greek phrase can be tra translated, he takes up to himself every fruitless branch. He lifts them off the ground to enhance their growth. And pruning, which also means cleansing, every fruit, fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. 
These words I have spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. As you live in union with me, as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. So I just pray this morning, it's a morning where you allow the Holy Spirit to lift up anything unhealthy, anything that may feel toxic, that can contaminate everything in your life that's wanting to produce fruit. Let him take it. It's not your portion. Righteousness, peace, joy. This is your inheritance. This is your portion. So I want to share some practical examples. And as I share these, just remember that any feeling of guilt or shame or condemnation do not flow through Jesus Christ. But if the Holy Spirit nudges you, or convicts your heart of any of these things, or whispers to your heart anything that's not even mentioned, I just encourage you to welcome it with open arms this morning. You are empowered in his love to decide. You are empowered in the love of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to partner with them to have that wide-open, spacious life that they have for you, a life that's set apart. But you're given freedom. You're given the choice. You can either choose to hold on to the things that may separate you from the Father's love and keep them secret, keep them hidden, where remaining in his love may not feel like the good kind of fire, and it wants to burn away everything that's not of love's kind. Or if you will yield, if you will submit to being cleansed and being pruned, and you will be obedient, this loving fire will warm, and it will comfort, and it will make room for lasting healing. God wants us to bear abundant fruit in every area of our lives. He has us to look so much different than the rest of the world. His correction, his cleansing, his conviction really looks like relentless affection. That is opposed to anything in your life that keeps you from being fully alive and fully free. And if the relentless affection of God looks like exposing and revealing to you any darkness in your heart or anything that's not fully given unto him, it is only because of love. The whole Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are committed to your wholeness, to becoming fully free, fully alive, fully able to partner with them and living out the good and amazing things they planned for you to accomplish before the beginning of time. And everything that is true of Jesus is true of you. As he is holy, you are holy. So perhaps... It was a lie that you have been believing about yourself, something that was spoken over you as a little girl or as a little boy. And this label, this phrase, it has come to define you. And you have let it be a place for not trusting others, for not trusting God, for not being obedient to him instead of taking on it and exchanging that lie for the truth of who Jesus has declared that you are. You are loving, you are joyful, you are peaceful, you are kind, you are strong, full of goodness, gentle, generous, faithful, pure of heart. You have self-control. You are God's treasure. I feel like someone needs to be reminded of that this morning. And he is so proud of you. You are drenched in the mercy of God, and you are going to bring him glory. This is the truth of your being, and until you embrace this truth as your being, that you are righteous, you will believe a, a lie about yourself. That the darkness in your life is actually the truth, and religion will try to teach you how to cover it up. 
but God wants you to be fully free of that this morning and take on who he says that you are. For some of you, it may be that the Father wants to lift up any unforgiveness that is in your heart, letting go of a person's wrongs towards you. And this doesn't mean that you have to trust them again. You can have proper boundaries. It just means that you're not going to let their wrong decisions and actions have any more power to run your life. You are free. You are free this morning. So this morning, if obedience looks like you needing to come to the altar and release this person and seal this moment of forgiveness with Jesus and be free from their actions, I encourage you to this morning. There is so much power in your forgiveness. Choose forgiveness. Even if you don't feel it, just give it to him. He will help you in supernatural ways forgive. For some this morning, I encourage you to be obedient in your commitments. I'm not talking about just with your biological family and your work, but also your church family too. There was this uh, really beautiful idea, and I think it's so important, and it's um, something that you know was introduced to our culture the last couple of years by Brene Brown, and, and that is vulnerability. And as much as we really like the idea of vulnerability in our church culture and it's really beautiful, it's actually really hard for some of us to do, which is okay. And some forget that Jesus was and actually is the most vulnerable person that ever walked this planet. And he's still vulnerable to our choice to choose to love him or not, to still give him our whole hearts or not. The world wants vulnerability. Show them the cross. Show them our God who came to earth as a man and died the most painful and shameful death that could ever be and took on every sin, past, present, future for humanity and would do it all over again just because he's madly in love with you. Jesus models vulnerability and submission and what yielding looks like every day. And we get to choose that. I want to talk about porn. Uh, This may be an addiction that may be hard for some of you to overcome because you're scared to take the risk of real intimacy in relationship with others. With your spouse, which I know can sound a little bizarre, but it's true. Because porn is a false sense of intimacy that requires no risk and no vulnerability. It is the imagination of a relationship without the risks and messiness and rewards of a real one, of being seen and being known and seeing and knowing another. And if you buy into the lie that you are worthless and not good, then you will continue in this vicious cycle until it tears your life and your marriage and your family apart. But there is freedom for you this morning. If that is a struggle that you have, God has freedom. You are worth it. Your family is worth it. Your marriage is worth it. Your relationships are worth it. You are worth it. If you are in a relationship with someone that you know you are not going to marry, I just want to give you the permission this morning that they may not be the one for you, especially if your purity is being compromised. If there is manipulation, if there is anything that is being compromised and that is not edifying and not building up and making you more like Jesus and you just don't want to marry them but you don't want to leave the relationship because the enemy tells you that you will be alone, I give you the permission to get out and be obedient in leaving that relationship. 
On another note, some of you may need to be obedient in asking that person that you've had your eye on on a date. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you have to marry them, but just get to know them. Take them out for lunch after church. Get to know their heart. If you both have mutual honor and respect and you see each other as a brother or sister in Christ, if it doesn't work out, there's been no harm done. So some of you, I give you permission, (laughs) go ask that person out. Okay? For some of you, obedience looks like finding a new friend group. Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And I'm not talking just to younger people. This is adults, too. Maybe time to have some boundaries put up with some relationships that may just not be healthy anymore. People grow. People change. Some friendships are lifetimes. Some people are sometimes they're seasonal. Ask the Holy Spirit, you know. Where do I need to draw some lines? How do I love these people well while also loving myself well? And, and if you're a young adult and you are not part of a Rise Young Adult group and you need new friends, you need to come and join their group because they are so on fire for the Lord. <laughs> so I encourage you to come and be a part of that friend group. And within these healthy friendships and relationships, be authentic. Learn vulnerability, intimacy, and transparency. Love is not devoid of confrontation. Love addresses confrontation. Love addresses things that need to be addressed because you care so much for the other person. And really the safest place is within the walls of the church. It should be within the walls of the church. Commit to this house. And if a rise isn't called your church home, I just encourage you to go and commit to a church home. Don't hop like Wes said a few weeks ago on the equipping track because when you hop, you don't get healed. Because as soon as you're there long enough to get close with anyone, you move to the next house. For some of you, obedience looks like commitment and not staying in isolation, not staying hidden and learning to trust again, learning the beauty and the value of community. You are created by community for community, and as much as your hurt may have come from a relationship or community, your healing is going to flow from it. And I'm going to say this, don't just commit, but go all in. Don't be half-hearted. Don't be lukewarm. If there's an area that you do not trust God in, let him show you how trustworthy he is. We don't talk about this a lot. Um, Emil mentioned it, actually, in our offering (laughs) this morning. Um, Because we have such a generous culture, and we know where our provision comes from as a church, And we don't have any debt, which I'm really proud of for that. But there are promises in Scripture, multiple ones, about tithing to the house that you are planted in. Giving your first fruits, which is 10%. And God says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Like Mel said this morning, test me. And everything that we've been given is not really ours to begin with. It's ours to steward with the Lord. And there are multiple promises that come with tithing, tithing, yet for some, this is an area where we just want to have control. You know, we say we don't want to obey this scripture for multiple reasons. But ultimately, not tithing is saying there's a lack of trust in God. I either don't trust the leadership of the house, 
so I won't give my, the house, my financial investment, into the kingdom. Well, if you don't trust the leadership of the house, then you really don't trust God because God puts in position the leaders of the house. Or you don't trust God to provide for you if you give the 10%. Because it's not ultimately about your dollars or your percentage. 10% is a starting point. It's about your heart. It's about the demonstration through our generosity and our belief of generosity that God is good. Amen. Jeremy and I have not missed one month of giving our tithe in the almost 13 years we have been married. And I'm not like patting myself on the back with that. I'm just saying that God is so good because the, it logically in looking at our budget, the money would not, it would not make sense, but God has always met all our needs and beyond whether or not it made sense logically. Have we always been provided with everything we needed? Yes. And I'm saying this because I love you and he will blow your mind in his goodness. Just trust him. Be obedient with your investments. I truly believe the wealth of the wicked is being transferred to the righteous, and this promise is a part of that taking place. Tithing is a part of that taking place. There is an authority that is given when we are, are, are obedient, and I'm not just talking about tithing anymore. Even though if you come from a family where money was an issue or always a problem or not handled well, if you tithe, you will see the financial curse be broken on your family line. See what God will do. God says, test me. When we choose to be obedient for the sake of just being obedient because we know how loved we are and how good he is, we take territory for ourselves. We take territory for our families that the enemy can no longer touch. Your obedience is changing history in an eternal way for your children and their children and their children and their children because of your obedience in the small things that are not small in God's eyes. So I just bless you in choosing obedience and in your powerful choices you make, decisions that impact your family line for generations to come. Some of you need to be obedient in taking the risks. Take the next steps in following your dreams. What do, what do you daydream about? What makes your heart skip a beat? What are you passionate about? It doesn't have to be a big step. What does the small step look like? Some of you are scared of failure and of messing up. But like Mel said, there's no losing in the kingdom of God. You have a loving father, the creator of the universe, who wants to hold your hand and guide you in every step and give you courage. And I shared briefly a little bit about this last Sunday during Offrey time, but I really feel strongly for those that are in business and media, all kinds, and entertainment, and the arts, and sports. God is highlighting you right now. You need to be bold. The righteousness are bold as lions, and this is your time to dream and step up. This is your time to shine so bright for him as the world is watching. I really believe the Lord is raising up new role models for this generation. So go and create. Go and allow your imaginations to dream with his and don't hold back. Do all for his glory. So I just say this house blesses you if that's you and covers you and empowers you. So I just want to invite and pray um, and just invite anyone that wants to uh, just to come and be with the Lord. Be with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They are here. They want to minister to your heart, and I just pray you'll open your heart up to them. Let the fire of their love come and saturate your whole being with warmth and kindness. 
and burn away anything that's not of them. If you need prayer, myself and the fivefold team are here for you as well. So let's pray together. Mm. Jesus, thank you for your presence with us. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you fine-tune your voice for each person, that they would hear heaven's song over them, the song that you are singing about who they are, their destiny, God. I pray that each heart would be open to your conviction. That is so kind because it really really reveals the places that we get to look more like you. We want to be wholehearted, devoted in our love and in our worship for you, Jesus. We don't want to live divided compartmentalized, conflicted, or dualistic lives. We ask that you align any places that are out of alignment with you, Jesus, and you would purify, purify us, God, and pierce us with your love. We want to be a church and a bride and a body that's set apart and look different than this world. Light of fire in the hidden places and hidden moments. Holy Spirit, we invite you to search our hearts, even the places in our hearts that are hard for us to admit, but we can admit and we can be transformed because you are a safe place. Search our hearts of any bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, offense, gossip, slander, sexual sin, any areas of my heart that may we may be unaware of that need to surrender to you, any high places in the corner of our hearts that need to be brought low to you. Give us a fresh thirst for your holiness, God. And if there's anyone that needs to repent this morning to turn the other way from anything that's not of your kind, God, I ask that today would be a marking day of transformation, of holiness, of obedience, of not settling for anything that would want to separate us from you. God, there isn't anything in our lives that you can't sweeten. There is nothing that you can't transform, and there is nothing you can't redeem and restore. So I thank you for the powerful work of the cross, for the working out of our salvation to live pure and holy and obedient lives that are spacious and full of freedom because of intimacy with you. We want all that you have for us, Jesus. We want to participate in being fully free and fully whole, spirit, soul, and body. We love you, Jesus. I just bless this house. I pray just a shield of favor and protection around every person in this room, God, that you are their safeguard, and that we would just catch anything that's not of you and just repent, God, and just bring it to you, God. We just thank you for being yours. Thank you for what you're releasing, and thank you for what we get to step into, into fullness, God, for the next season. We love you, Jesus. You're so worthy. Amen.